The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? The average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know? Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know? A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. This is a playoff edition of Stacking the Box. The former offensive lineman, Jeff Schwartz, who's very excited about the Kansas City Chiefs getting ready to take on Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Same thing for our NFL insider, Matt Verderam. My name is Mark Carman, and I do want to start the show, guys. This morning, I was eating my cereal out of a coffee mug, and I had an aggressive, large serving spoon, and I was really fired up after the weekend of football. And I aggressively ate my cereal, broke the coffee mug, which I did not notice. And Jeff, I have eaten some ceramic coffee mug to start my Monday. So I don't know what's going to happen to me. Some have told me to go to the ER. Others have said, hey, cross your fingers and hope that it passes naturally. But I am doing this podcast with ceramic coffee cup in, in, mug in my system. And I would like some level of compassion from you, Jeff Schwartz, and you, Matt Verderan. Thank you. You are you are married now. You are no longer eating cereal out of coffee mugs. Well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, I, that, I, your wife allows you. She must not be home when you eat cereal out of a coffee mug. Well, she was going out the door today and, and was not there. But my point <laughs> is that I shouldn't have been put in that position. And I do the dishes all well, the time. So it is on my, I, I, I'm not trying to make it your, I mean, you should do the dishes did, did guy. Did you do this because you, you just didn't have like a, a bowl? And so you went at you went coffee. There, mark? Right, there were no okay. bowls, and but I could have been 
a smarter Mark Herman and opened up the dishwasher, which was clean, yes. and there were bowls in there. Oh, so but there I, were but, bowls. But I, I, bowls. I like using a coffee mug for my cereal. I did not realize that this was something that could possibly you are, happen. You are Saints fans complaining about a non-OPI call and ignoring everything else that went into losing that game. You're focused on the mug itself when the decision-making process was very poor. Now you're left with ceramic floating in your gut as we talk. First of all, there, there's a real chance Carm's going to bleed out internally here during this podcast. So let's just throw that out there. If Carm all of a sudden goes radio silent, I'll host and we'll move on. Well, uh, we- I don't appreciate being called a whiny Saints fan. I'm, my life, all joking aside, is at least like – one tenth of one percent on the line right now, and, and you're you no, just it's not, and you just up. you just compared me to some whiny Saint fan who was standing there in the end zone screaming that Kyle Rudolph pushed off, which by the way he did. So, uh, oh, it's a good call. I, I mean, I wouldn't have called it either. I'm I am pro let him play a thousand percent, and we can actually talk football I, I'll, right I'll, now. I don't want to think about so myself. I'll, I'll say this because I just want to get this out there. Look, I love cereal. I love cereal as much as anybody. Okay. So delicious. I eat if I if I had my druthers, other than like pizza now and again, I would eat cereal like five bowls of it every day. The way to the way to make sure you've always got a bowl. I'm I'm a big like I'll have a bowl of cereal like ten thirty at night guy. Do I? Yeah, you, you know, this is a key. This is key. This is okay. I've okay. never had ceramic in my guts. I'm not an idiot. So thank you. you. You're welcome. So you you have a bowl of cereal, okay? And then right when you're done, you go over to the sink. And you wash it. You, you rinse it out. You give it a little wash now with the paper towel, and you put it right behind the you know the back edge of the sink. You've always got a bowl. It's, Stephanie knows that's my bowl. The rest of the damn stuff, whatever goes, I take care of that bowl. Well, now I've always got a bowl. Now we learn. Always. We now we learn something about Matt Verderam that he eats cereal out of the same bowl every day, which it's is clean. beautiful. That's beautiful. I I hate. I, I have not had cereal for breakfast <laughs> since I was twelve. I I don't have. We didn't have cereal in the house. For you, the ought to, you ought to give it a shot. Because, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, but you don't end up feeling full at all. You're you're hungry 30 seconds later. I think Schwartz is actually doing it better. Like I'm trying to be healthy, but the next thing you know, I'm having a bacon egg and cheese sandwich, and I've like doubled up, and it's a it's just a disaster. <laughs> so all right, let's 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 Football. let's start with where you where you took us, Jeff Schwartz, with the New Orleans Saints, and I I I, I don't listen. I feel bad for New Orleans. You go back to the way that the playoffs have ended for the New Orleans Saints the last three years. I mean, last play, you got Stephon Diggs from Keenum. Yeah. You've got Tommy Lee Lewis and Michael Roby Coleman and no P.I. there. And now you got Kyle Rudolph pushing off. Maybe this one is the one that shouldn't have been called. Uh, but you, you should have made a play against the Vikings. You, you should have gotten the call last year. And now you're off for the third straight year. And I don't know what the future looks like, but it ain't pretty in New Orleans right now. That was a, a stunning loss for the Saints. Even though, by the way, I did pick the Vikings to win because I think Minnesota's been undervalued all year. But I, I'm still stunned that it actually happened. At what point do we start um, putting some blame on Sean Payne for these games? Uh, There are many times... Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. During the, this game, the game last year, where if it was Andy Reid, for example, who made some of the errors in clock management, people will be all over on Twitter. If it was Andy Reid who called multiple third-down weird plays, you know, a fly sweeps and inside dives and things like that, we would crush 
Andy Reid for that. How about the end of the game? They decide to let almost a minute run off the clock before the two-minute warning by not calling timeout, therefore saving the timeout that they did not use ultimately in the end, right? I mean, little things like that throughout the game were very poor. And so I think at some point we have to start looking at Sean Payne, the way he manages these playoff games. You had the Saints come out, and they were not ready to play that game offensively. They weren't ready to go. They didn't have a good game plan. They got shut down by the Vikings. Now, credit the Vikings did some good things, but at what point do we start saying, hey, guys, maybe Sean Payton, there's some failure in his coaching in, in a lot of these playoff games. Doesn't mean we should fire Sean Payton. Doesn't mean he should go anywhere. But I think we we blame other coaches for having these errors, and it feels like Sean Payton gets a pass. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I look, I like Payton a lot. I think he's a really good head coach. He had a really bad day on Sunday. They, they yeah. did not – you mentioned it, so I won't go too into it, but the, the, the way they managed the time at the end of the game was ludicrous. I was even more perplexed when they had the 10-second runoff with 21 seconds to go. How do you not call timeout? Like, by not calling timeout and it goes to 11 seconds, you effectively are kicking a field goal now. There is but no even, chance. But even, then, but even then, no, you're, you're kicking a field goal either way, in my opinion, basically. But the thing is, they didn't even use the timeout they had. So they no. took the 10-second runoff and then didn't even use the timeout they had to get in a field goal range, basically at that point, with that you're basically screwed. Like you're you're at that point, you're kicking a field goal. It's just a matter of do you take a chance at the end zone, or do you just kind of get more yards if you lose the timeout with 21 seconds left? But that was a bad penalty by Kamara. But to your point, like that again, it's a, I think a management issue there of valuing a timeout you never used over the time. You know, if you if you call timeout with 250 left. You get three extra plays before a two-minute warning. Right. Like they lost out on plays because of clock management. I, I just did not understand a variety of things in that game. But to me, look, I'll, I know this is not like dynamite analysis, but it's just blunt. To boil that game down. All your analysis like, is dynamite. Program. Yeah, sure it is. The Saints, like, you can say all you want about the, the end of the game and whether that call should have been – first of all, look, it's the playoffs. That's not pass interference, okay? Any player in the league would tell you it's not pass interference. And, by the way – as far as I'm concerned, you know why the Saints lost that game? Because they sucked for 50 minutes. That's why they lost that game. If the Saints had played actual football for the first 50 minutes of the game, they would have won going with Look, the Vikings are a good team. The Vikings gave them what every home playoff team dreams of. They turned the ball over in the first minute of the game. The Saints were set up to score, and they got three points. And they never re- – like, if they go right in there and they jam that thing in the end zone, it's 7 and nothing immediately – the entire tenor of that game changes. Yeah. They didn't do it. The Vikings came down, tied the game, and they allowed Minnesota to get their footing. And, and that was, to me, even though, look, it wasn't you know, it was the first quarter. I'm not saying it was the end of the game or anything, but it was a chance missed by the Saints. They could have really got that crowd into a frenzy, got up 7 to nothing, been rolling, couldn't do it, didn't play well all day. When they finally got rolling, a little bit too little too late. Jeff, do they need to change the rules for overtime? This year, we saw Drew Brees not get the ball in overtime. That would have been fun to watch from a fan standpoint. Last year, we saw Patrick Mahomes not get the ball against the Patriots as they went down. that in my face? Right in your face. Well, see, that's the thing, though. Like, if it happens to you, you're upset about it. But, like, the rest of the world, everybody else will look at it like, hey, you didn't stop them, so you deserve to lose. Uh, and then there's old school people saying, like Rex Ryan, who's saying, like, hey, you kick a field goal on the first position of overtime, you deserve to lose. Do they need to relook at the overtime rules, Jeff Schwartz? Uh, no, they do not. If you look at college football, 
who we all model as the best overtime, right? The winner of the toss in college football wins more often than the winner of the toss in the NFL. And we saw twice this weekend where the team that um, that lost, I guess we saw once this weekend, if you even go back to the AFC Championship game, um, uh, championship weekend, I should say, sorry, last year, where the, where the Saints lost that game, were two, two possessions there, two possessions for the Texans and Bills, and there are plenty of opportunities to win the game. I look at it from maybe a, a selfish player perspective of like, don't, I don't want any more plays than we have to have as a player. And there's 60 minutes to determine the winner of a game. And the Saints let Kirk Cousins make the greatest throw of his career to Adam Thielen yep. to win that game, right? And and I just don't have sympathy for a defense if, if you – mark. I, look, I get it if it's like a, a bad pass interference that goes against you and you get 50 yards and then a team scores a touchdown eventually. The Vikings just took it to the Saints in overtime at home and lost. I don't feel sympathy for you. Win the game in regulation. Don't worry about needing more possessions over time. Yeah, I, I agree. You know what? And I, and and hey, this happened to the Chiefs last year. So I and I said at the time, if the Chiefs had gotten off the field, it wouldn't have been a problem. And you know what? The Saints had an opportunity to let Minnesota go seventy-five yards in their building. I don't want to hear it. And and I don't. And I'm not a huge college football overtime guy either. Like by the way, like you know what? You have a massive advantage in college football if you win the toss because you're just going to kick or play defense, rather, well, technically. Defense, because you know now that you get four downs if you need them. So, it's, a, it's a, in my opinion, that's almost even a bigger advantage in some ways. Like, I, look, there's no perfect system, but I don't want to hear it. The Saints never should have been overtime to begin with. They should have won that game going away in regulation. They let the Vikings take control of that game and dictate play. Then they, they comically screwed up at the end of the timeout situation. They go to overtime, get a stop, get off the field. Hey, by the way, last year in the NFC title game when the Saints played the, the Rams, guess who won the toss to overtime? The Saints did. And yeah. Drew Brees threw a pick, and they yep. lost. So it happens. L- let me just uh, – and I know that you can't compare apples to oranges, sports to sports, but you know what happens in, ma- in baseball? The, visi- the visiting team gets in a oh. bat – well, okay. How about the? How about in the? How about in the NBA? The, the problem. The problem with with all those sports, where baseball, first of all, is you get a set number of outs in baseball. You get twenty seven outs, so that's it would make sense where you get a fair amount of outs in the following innings. The thing about trying to make this fair, guys, is football is not fair. The fairest thing, actually, all of football is the coin toss. That's it. Otherwise, it's not fair. It's not set up to be fair. It doesn't have to be fair. Like I have no problem that if you cannot win in sixty minutes. You can the NBA. How do you why? compare the NBA? They play different sports. Well, because because why, why can't you just play an eight minute overtime? Maybe and and in the playoffs make it fifteen minutes. Oh, just continually play overtime. I guess. No, I mean, yeah, you get no, no, eight minutes. And yeah. so so the, if if you if playoffs, you do a ball control, what? it's still not completely fair because you could have a ball control drive and, and score with and, right. it's, and, and you have thirty seconds. So maybe it's maybe it's ten minutes, and so then they get you get your shot at it. Uh, and it's a ten minute overtime. We're gonna play it out, and it and that's it. So what happens fine, if they both I'm score a touchdown? That, I'm fine with that idea of just like it being ten minutes total. Whatever happens in the ten minutes happens. But then if it's another time, we get another ten minutes, another ten. I mean, well, how, when is like an end with ten minutes? If 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 it, if it 
look, uh, and I don't want to completely steal from Pat McAfee because that was his idea, the, 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 what you do after that. But then, okay, we're tied after 10 minutes. Let's let's do two-point conversions until somebody uh, doesn't score. See, I, but that's so gimmicky. Like, you well, know what's what? wrong with a gimmick? Well, Gimmicks just, are fun. Because it's stupid. It's uh, Not the 10-minute <laughs> overtime. That's But you start getting into two points. It's like finishing a hockey playoff game with a shootout, right? It's, but it's stupid. Well, okay, no, but I say I would I would year to do that in, in the playoffs. In the playoffs, absolutely not. In the playoffs, you play it out. Uh, it's ridiculous. You know what? I'm fine. Then keep playing. I'm fine with the idea of keep playing. But this gimmick stuff, the alternating two point conversions, and and then oh, then a you know kicker what? duel, and then a the, kicker duel at the all, end. Like the it's just, only team that's bitching about it today not, is the Saints. Well, but and that, the that, only that, team is because they couldn't get off the field. The defense gets paid to get off the field. And nowadays, you don't even have – like, I get it if some team kicked a 55-yard field goal. You have to give up a touchdown. Hey, here's an idea. Don't suck on defense. And then you get the ball back. I would like, Nobody made the Saints give up 75 I, yards to Kirk Cousins in overtime. I'm just looking at it from a strict fan standpoint, and I would have enjoyed seeing Drew Brees get the ball. I would have, seen jo- I would have enjoyed seeing Patrick Mahomes get the football, all that. All right, we can move on. This, this topic will continue. Mike McCarthy, let's go there. He is reportedly the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys as they move on from Jason Garrett. Verram, let's start with you. Do you like the hire of McCarthy to Dallas? Of course, had a ton of success up in Green Bay, and it didn't end well. That's how it normally doesn't end well when coaches move along. It's fine. I don't dislike it. I think McCarthy certainly has earned their shot. I mean, the guy won a Super Bowl, went to two. Um I, I think it, it, there there are things to be desired with it. Like they, they maybe could have gone out and gotten somebody a little more cutting edge, a little more forward thinking offensively. I know NFL Network put together this five minute video of them going up to his house and him cutting film, and everybody's like, "Well, he went to pro football." Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Ball focus for a day. Who cares? What? Like, so what? I, I don't. I mean, so now he's more like analytically inclined or something. So now, like all the analytical nerds are freaking out. There's some great move. I, I don't know. I think it's fine. He's won a Super Bowl. You got to respect that. Um, he's a better coach than Jason Garrett, so they're better today. But uh, you know, it just depends. It depends on uh, so many factors we don't know yet. How good of a coach is Eric Bieniemy? If Matt Rule gets a job, how good is he? You know, but I I don't dislike the hire. McCarthy certainly earned that opportunity. I think Jason Garrett's tenure is one of the most amazing in the history of the NFL. Because it existed? Yeah, that the fact that he was there for nine seasons and never won more than one playoff game, is it's one of the greatest tenures that he was able to survive. Whatever he did uh, outside of winning is phenomenal. People should learn from how he partnered with that organization that kept him around so long. Do you like to hire Mike McCarthy, Jeff Schwartz? Uh, I think so. If you look at, at experienced NFL coaches – that are offense, which is kind of what they wanted, right? Because if Dak Prescott wanted to grow that offense and get the most out of him, it made sense. I mean, it never – the Lincoln Riley, Urban Meyer stuff. I even saw today that their college choice would have been Dan Mullen from Florida. Um, so they really wanted to develop Dak Prescott, and it makes sense why they want to do that. But to Matt's point, you know, if McCarthy does 
hire these analytics department and uh, he must hire eight analytics uh, members uh, for, for department. If he does become more cutting edge on offense, great. But we often hear that coaches are going to do these things and don't, right? And there was some real truth to the Packers being stagnant, stale, and boring on offense. A part of that was Aaron Rodgers, of course. But I got to see it before I believe it. I like the hire because I think he's the best available coach who has any pro experience whatsoever. But I think that people are really excited about something that we don't know to be true yet. We don't know if he's going to implement any of the things he said he's going to do. Should we? Should they not have called up Sean Payton, who, by the way, you just torched, at least now it's torched a little strong, but you know, took a shot at, and said, hey, you guys just lost. Maybe things have turned for the worse in New Orleans. You would love to, you know, we've, had, we've got this relationship in Dallas. I mean, who knows what he would have said. Um, I mean, yeah, but I mean, you got to buy him out of his deal, right? You got to trade for him. I mean, there's things you have to do to get him on your team. I don't think he's going to leave. I don't think he's leaving New Orleans. He has it. Look, like I said, he's, he is without criticism in New Orleans, right? He won the Super Bowl. He guided the team through Katrina. Like he's not, he's going to have a statue built there. He's never leaving New Orleans. He doesn't have to leave New Orleans. So I think it was probably foolish to even call him. Look, and, and we know this all the time, guys. It's something that's not talked about. We know it's true. Jerry Jones might have sent Sean Payne a text or Sean Payne's agent a text. Yep. He might have hit up Urban Meyer one morning. He might have called Lincoln Riley. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that do not get reported as formal interviews. And I would imagine Jerry might have sent him a text like, hey, Sean, are you interested? And Sean said no, whatever, you know, whatever reason. I- I'm sure he did some due diligence there, but it never got to the point of an interview. Verram, if you're Dak Prescott, are you happy with this hire? Because that's the where I get questioned because Aaron Rodgers yeah. – didn't this, he didn't love Mike McCarthy, and well, that's one know, of the I greatest quarterbacks you. of all time. I mean, he won a Super Bowl with McCarthy. True. And Rodgers hasn't exactly looked great without him. I mean, just for the record. So, yeah, if, I, if I'm Dak, I don't mind the hire. I, I think, it's a, I think yeah. it's a good enough hire. It's interesting. And by the way, a quick aside on Peyton with the Cowboys. The biggest problem the Cowboys have with that is Peyton's going to want to get paid like a king, and he deserves to win a Super Bowl. Jerry doesn't pay Big, big money for coaches. Go look at his history. The only time he ever did it was when they hired Parcells, and then a lot of that was to help him get some credibility to build a new stadium there. Like, that was that was the only time they've ever paid big money for a coach. So Cowboys could use a little credibility right I'm now. I'm not saying – I hear you. I'm just saying that they – because Jerry sees himself as, the, the, you know, the, the be-all, end-all a lot of times there. Now, Steven has kind of wedged his way in now a little bit, but – they don't spend big money on head coaches. They are tight. They are tight. I mean, that's no secret. Um, but I'm not surprised. If you're Sean Payton, as Jeff said, you got a pretty good thing going in New Orleans. And for the record, Jerry Jones is not changing. Why would you change? You are right. a billionaire. You love living your life. I'm not going to go sit back and let you do whatever right. you want to do to my franchise because it's my franchise, and I, I'm going to live my life the way I live it. And yeah. if you want to make the money that I made and own a team, well, go ahead. But I, I did it my way or whatever he's Whatever his thought process is, he ain't changing. Hey, let, let, let's go to New England here, Jeff. So, I, I forget which, I think it was the New York Post or one of them, had the headline, Dynasty, D-I-E-N-A-S-T-Y, as in, this thing is over. Do we think it is over in New England? Do we think that somehow, some way, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick will find their way back to do it again and they'll add on? What do you think's the future for the New England Patriots right now? 
So I thought for the last month or so, Brady would leave. But the more I think about it, the more I think he's going to stay. I think it's mutually beneficial for both parties if they work something out, right? So Tom Brady, I think, can still play. Um, you know, he can still throw the ball. He seems passionate about the game. He's got a couple of things that will heal up in the offseason. And if he's going to play at his age, it feels like he's playing to win. You know, he could go to the Chargers and make $30 million a year or, I guess, you know, California, that's more like $14 million a year. But nonetheless, he can make that money somewhere. Uh, but wh- why now all of a sudden we want to break the bank? I could, so I think that if you look at, at what he wants, winning is probably best in New England where he knows the coach, he knows the OC. If McDaniels does not get a job, he knows the system. He trusts the way they do things there, does not have to move his family. And then also the Patriots look around and say, look, if we don't sign Tom Brady – we have to blow the whole thing up. We got to get rid of everybody. We are done with this franchise as it is right now. So I think they retool, man. They go get themselves a tight end, a wide receiver. They're not that far off, guys. They're really not. Um, they need a couple pieces on offense. Their defense is back. They'll be fine. Got some free agents to sign, obviously. I think they run it back next year. And look, I wouldn't be surprised if they were favorites uh, to win the Super Bowl next year with a couple uh, new additions. Matt, they mentioned, uh, Jeff just mentioned Josh McDaniels. I'm curious your take. Does that impact Tom at all on, his, uh, on what decision he'll make? I mean, I, maybe a little bit, but I, look, I think he he will make his decision based off what he thinks is best for him. And I think McDaniels factors in a touch, not a ton. Um, look, I wrote a lot about this over the last three days. And I, so I, I did kind of a deep dive on the patch. They're projected to have about $49.5 million in cap space next year. Now, that sounds like a lot. But if they sign Brady, let's say for even for $25 million bucks a year. Okay, and normally you can kind of massage cap numbers, but not that deal because it's going to be so short-term. They're kind of going to have to pay him $25 million bucks next year. So that's about half their cap. Then they have guys like McCourty, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Landon Roberts, uh, Joe Thune, a handful of other guys as well who are going to be free agents. So if they want to keep some of those guys, they're not going to have a lot of money to go out and fix this team. Now, they're going to have to do it through the draft and, and a bargain bin signing here and there. If they don't sign Brady, they can keep some of those guys and fix a lot of this team, but then who's your quarterback? What do you, yeah. You'd almost be compelled to draft one in the first round. If they don't have a second-round pick, it's going to be hard to move up unless you use the following first-round pick. Like Who are you getting? You're not getting Burrow. You're probably not getting Tatua. Like, are you getting Jacob Eason or Jake Fromm? Like, I, I, like, is that what Belichick wants to do when he, when he turns 68 years old in April? So my guess is Brady goes back there because, frankly, like, where's Brady going? Where's he, is the Chargers? Like, they're not winning the Super yeah. Bowl. Like, they're not as right. good as – they're not even close. They're not as good as New England. Like, I see all these people like, well, they have all these offensive weapons. They, they can't block. He's going to get sacked 50 times. What about the Giselle factor? Hey, I've been wanting you to retire forever. It'd be sweet to live out in L.A., we can stay in New England, I suppose. I, I you know, it's just, there's there's a lot of factors yeah. here, I would think, and that's well, one that, of them. So the one thing that I do not think is part of this is because his wife makes so much money, he doesn't take more money. I think that's kind of foolish. To, that, that's always a talking point. No, look, obviously we know that you know if, if the wife wants to move, the wife wife wants to leave, they're gonna go. But are they gonna live in L.A. permanently? I mean, you're gonna go to L.A. for two years? Like, I mean, what is the plan here? I think you probably already has house in Southern California. Right. So like the idea that he's just going to go there for six months is going to help his wife's career or help him out just doesn't seem to make sense. You know, I, I just think it, it's because to kind of get full circle on this, 
I don't think the Pats dynasty is dead from the standpoint. I got news for everybody. They're winning the East next year. If Brady's back, they're winning that division. I mean, unless they get hurt, like ravaged by injuries. I'm sorry. I know I know you're gonna I can already see it now. People in August picking the Bills to go twelve and four. Save it, please. <laughs> My God, save it. They're not they're not winning that division. Okay, no. the Pats will win the division. But I will say this. I do think there are days of just being penciled in for twelve and thirteen wins. That I think's over. Between Brady's just getting older. I, I still think he's very good. I don't think he's who he was three, four years ago, who who among us is, right? Like Edelman's clearly starting to get to a point. He's still very good, but he's getting banged up year in and year out. I still think they will be good. I still think they will be a team nobody wants to face. I don't think they're going to be a team that going forward we're like, well, it's them and then it's everyone else. I think it's going to be Kansas City. I think it's going to be Baltimore. I think it's going to be some of these other teams, Pittsburgh, if Roethlisberger's healthy next year, that are going to be right there, if not ahead of them. So on the record, as we move on here, Verderam, you've got him staying, and Jeff, you have him staying as well. Am I hearing that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, and, and I'm like, Jeff, I thought a month ago maybe not. But the, like, you just When you really run through all the scenarios, what is the other scenario for either one of them? I, I tend to agree with you. I, t- to me, it's like he. this is a routine guy who likes to do, who is in love with Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft's in love with him. Belichick's yep. a guy who wants to win. And, which is why back in the day he saw this he saw this coming and he wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo around or maybe even get rid of Tom because he didn't want to be in this exact spot. Well, now they're in that spot. So what do you do? By the way, not to, the only way I, I could see him leaving, unless something very odd happens in New England, just doesn't want him back, is if he gets to the market on March 16th when you can start tampering and the Chargers just offer him so much money to go there because they're, they're so desperate to sell season tickets. That he just says, I, I just have to take the money. I'm talking like two years, $80 million or so, something. Right. And the Chargers are just like, well, it's the only way. Because the Chargers are the one thing that is dangerous to the Pats. They're not great, but they cannot sell any private seating licenses in that stadium. And Spanos is going to have a stroke as they get closer and closer and closer to that season, thinking, oh my God, we're going to have 20,000 people in an 80,000-seat stadium. And so... Our investment in Brady's worth our money. I don't care if we have to pay him $40 million a year. Yeah, but I, do I think it'll happen? No, I'm just saying it's something I, I think. I actually think that makes I, a I lot of two, sense. I, I think taking Tua would sell more seat licenses than would Tom Brady. Really? You get to, yeah. LA to the for, smart fan, yes. To LA, just yeah. a random casual guy who wants to impress his girlfriend with seats. I think Brady would sell more, in my opinion. I mean, the Wizards... The Chargers don't do that to anybody. I don't think that that really... I don't know. I think the Chargers... I've been as many times. The Chargers should never come to Los Angeles. No one wants them. No, it's they a have no fan base. It's not going to help having Tom Brady for two years. I get why you might think it, it would, but um, it's... It, you know, that place will have 25,000 Chiefs fans, the first Chiefs home game. Yeah, it will. Like, the Washington will. Wizards sold out for two years with MJ. I, I don't know. I, I If I was an LA fan and Tom Brady was there, I'd go watch him. Uh, I, that's just me. Casual. Yeah, you have to win too to get people to come out and watch you play. Mm. Now. Well, okay, maybe I think they could be five hundred and people would come out and see him. But okay, let's move on. Wild card weekend. Let's get your prediction, guys. Vikings and Forty ers San Francisco is now a six and a half point favorite. That's being that number is coming down. Um, much more of the money is going on the Niners. The number is forty five. Of course, Minnesota with an incredibly Stunning, impressive win over the New Orleans Saints. Can Kirk Cousins do it again to Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners? Jeff, go ahead. 
Um, I think well, this is this line is interesting. I I think the Niners will end up winning this game by more than in touchdowns. So I'm going to take the Niners covering. Um, I know a lot of money will probably be end up on the Niners, so I'll be on the public side, which I think a lot of these picks will actually be most on the public side of a lot of these. Uh, Niners off a bye. You know, I just I don't know if I trust Cousins again. I just I don't know. And uh, I think the Niners are going to do this. Say, hey, hey, look, we'll let you run all you want on us, but you're not hitting home runs, which is what the Patriots did to the Titans. You're not hitting home runs. You're not doing it. Um, and so I think it's going to be tough to go back on the road and win this game. Uh, I think I can see something being like, you know, 27-17 type of game for the Niners. What do you like about this matchup, Matt Verner, and which way is it going to go? I'm interested because you got Stefanski on one side and Salah on the other, and they might both be head coaches here in, in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm fascinated by that matchup. I will take the Vikings to cover the spread. I think the Niners will win. I think it'll be close. I would not be shocked if Minnesota wins this game outright. I think Minnesota can play. And Cousins, you have to think, has more confidence right now than he's had in his entire life. Uh, that's easily the biggest one of his career. He played very well. He's a big reason why they won the game. The Niners, the one thing about him, and I know they're healthier right now, D. Ford, Quan Alexander coming back, that defense has not been good the last half of the year. It has not been good. They've been giving up a ton of yardage, a ton of points. Minnesota's got guys offensively. Thielen, yeah. Diggs, Rudolph. You got Cook in the backfield. Madison's a nice young player. Like, if the Vikings' offensive line holds up in this game, they could scare the hell out of the 49ers. I think the Niners will win because I trust Shanahan in this game. I think they'll do enough. The Garoppolo thing, he's been good in big games this year, so I'm not too worried about that. He's never been in a playoff game, but he's, he's won big games on the road against New Orleans and Seattle. He dominated the Packers in, in a Sunday night game. So I feel pretty good about him. But I think this game is fairly high scoring. I think this game's something like 30-27. I think the Niners will win. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if Minnesota pulls off a big upset. I was really happy for Kirk Cousins seeing him in the locker room after the game and leading his team and getting a whole lot of love. And here's a guy who's taken a lot of abuse. He's also yep. made $84 million, so I don't feel too bad for the guy. But <laughs> he's okay. But that, that was I thought that was cool to see. All right, let us move on to our next matchup, which is Saturday night, the Titans and the Ravens. Baltimore, a heavy favorite, although not as big as the Chiefs, which we'll get to in a second. Nine-point favorite with the Titans coming in. Tennessee beating New England. Can they do it to the Baltimore Ravens? Vertoran, we start with you. They can. I'll pick the Ravens to win. I will pick Tennessee to cover. That's a big number. Uh, and, and Tennessee's playing really well. The one thing that's interesting to me is early in this game, Baltimore, and, and I and I press this by saying the starters, have not played in three weeks. They've not played a meaningful game in about two months. Tennessee has been playing meaningful games that are basically the playoffs for them for about two and a half months running. I'm curious to see in this game, do the Titans come out firing early because the Ravens are kind of trying to find their sea legs, so to speak. I do think the Ravens will win. They're better. Jackson should be able to do what he does. He does it every single week. I will say the matchup to watch here is Henry has been unbelievable the last month and a half. I mean, my God, nobody can tell. He looks like Earl Campbell running the football. And the Ravens rank 21st in the league against the run. So I am curious to see... Can, can the Titans run the ball like crazy in this game and make it a game where it's you know, five minutes left, it's a one-score game, and all of a sudden you're going, wow, can they pull the upset? I don't think they will. I think the Ravens win, but I do give the Titans a real shot in the game because they've been playing great football, and they do have real playmakers on the offense. I like Tennessee to cover as well. Where are you at, Jeff? 
Oh, you guys fall in the trap of the hot team. The reason why the Ravens will come out firing hot in this game is they are not a team that needs to have precision passing and timing. They can come and smash you in the face. Smashing someone in the face is great if taking three weeks off. You don't need to worry about, about dinking and dunking and is their timing. They're going to come out the first drive and we're going to wipe down Tennessee's throat. What I don't understand about when we talk about the Titans, they had 14 points. That's it. Like, we're like, oh, my God, Derrick Henry, the greatest back of all time. They had 14 points, guys. 14 points is not winning a football game in Baltimore. It's not no. winning in Kansas City. It's not even winning in Houston or Buffalo. They didn't score any points. Who cares if they had a lot of yards? Like, this is the thing about the way we look at the game, man. There's 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 numbers that are important in the game, right? Yards per play and points. Points are important. And they didn't score any points. And so I don't care that they that Derrick Henry had 200 yards rushing. It does not matter to me. It matters of scoring points. The Patriots, by the way, had 11 possessions. 11. So they had the normal amount of possessions they would have any other game. Like, we, I don't understand why we look at the Titans like this big juggernaut. And I guess because they beat a terrible Patriots offense. They couldn't do anything right. The Ravens are not going to have these issues. The Ravens are one of the best teams the Football Outsiders has ever, mentioned, has ever measured. They're going to kick the shit out of the Titans. I'm telling you right now. I, uh, strong take from Jeff Schwartz right I there. Don't get, I don't get it. Like none of the evidence is showing yeah. that the Titans are going to go in there and steamroll or even keep this game close. I don't get it. All right, all right. Let's we'll, we'll let's let's move on. I just I, look, I enjoy that though. That's a that, that's uh, a take. No, yeah. So I mean, that that's coming in guns blazing. Yeah. We'll see what the hell that rolls uh, in, in our following week. But look, I I was on the Ravens early this year. However, I'll admit it. Going into the playoffs. I'm feeling a little queasy on rolling Baltimore right to the Super Bowl, even yeah, at home against listen. the Tennessee Titans. I think that I think the game is going to be closer than nine. I, I think Baltimore is going to win, but I, I don't see them blowing them out. Well, one thing I'll say that does really heavily heavily favor Baltimore in this game, and Tennessee actually does have a, a ton of be a hell of a statement plays, on New England too. By the way, go but, ahead. But but I I will say Tennessee is not the kind of team like to me the way to beat Baltimore, and we've talked about this on other podcasts. You've got to get ahead of them. You've got to get up on them by 10, 12, 14 points. And that's obviously not easy to do. But if you can do that and you force Jackson to throw the ball, they're in a lot of trouble. I know people on Twitter will go out of their minds over this. He is not a great thrower of the football. He's not. Like, if you watch their games. MVP. He, but, and that's, Carm, that's fine. But he's not a great, Cam Newton's not a great thrower of the football. He was an MVP one year. They went 15-1. and one. Like, they, they run the ball like crazy. They're incredible. They're the greatest rushing team in NFL history in terms of total yardage. But if you can get them down by you know 17-6 and right, he's but- got to throw, they've got problems. Their receivers are terrible, and you're not worried about him running the ball. Now, I don't think Tennessee can get them to that point, right, which but- is why I think Tennessee will lose. But I'm just saying I do think that if Baltimore comes across a team that can get ahead of them, it becomes a problem. And that's where I do think that is – because I've seen so many people say there's no weakness on this team. Yes, there is. They cannot throw the ball. That is their weakness. But you've got to get ahead of them to exploit it. We move on to the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs, which is the game that I am looking forward to watching most this weekend. Deshaun Watson was incredible in the fourth quarter and overtime going 10 for 11 uh, and making just an absolutely enormous play when he should have been sacked that everyone's watched a thousand times. And Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City are just hanging out, Jeff Schwartz. And they are the biggest favorite of the weekend at 9.5. 
53% are betting on KC. 66% of the money's on Kansas City. The number is 50, which is the biggest of any game, too. So people are expecting some scoring here. Where are you at with the Texans and the Chiefs? Yeah, I don't think this game is terribly close either. Um, you know, people look at that week six game where the Titans beat the Chiefs and, and I guess don't realize the Chiefs were out like 17 starters in that game and the Chiefs defense is better. Pat Mahomes is healthy. I mean, what, what do the Texans do if you're the Chiefs that scare you? I mean, I guess they maybe run the ball a little bit sometimes. Uh, otherwise, I don't know this game is very close. The Chiefs are off a bye. We know they're great off a bye. The one Thornhill injury, I think, is something to, to, to take notice to for the Chiefs. Also, if Fuller doesn't play, and even if he does play, hamstrings are tough. The, the, the Texas offense is not very good. Bill O'Brien now has coached four home playoff games. Three of the four, they've been shut out at halftime. Not correct. So the only thing I think that really worries me of a Chiefs fan is that the whole thing about like home playoff games at Arrowhead and and the misfortunes they've had at certain times, like that the mystique of that worries me more than actually X and O's and, and matchups in this game. Yeah, look, nine and a half. So are you are you saying that you think the Chiefs cover? Yeah, I, I think I do think they I never really I'll never bet over probably in my life. Um, but I think that the over, I think there's a lot of points in this game. And the weather looked it up already. looks good. I was, yep. It looks like it's ready to go. Even Baltimore looks nice yeah. uh, for Saturday night, um, which, look, I love watching games in the snow or rain, but playoff football is better, I think, when it's played on an even playing field. Uh, and games on grass, by the way, are always better than games on turf. Sorry. Um, and we have, we have all four games this weekend on grass. It's beautiful. Fantastic, by the it's way. beautiful. Love it. Uh, um I just, I don't, what is Houston, like, if you're a team, like, what are you worried about with Houston? I mean, Deshaun Watson, obviously, is great, but, like, if he has to make a bunch of plays where they don't block anybody, and the Chiefs bring a ton of pressure lately, I just don't know how this game goes. So, Good here, for Texans. Here's, here's where I, I come down on it like this. I, I think the Chiefs will win the game. I will take Houston to cover. I think it'll be a backdoor cover. I think it'll be, like, 34 to 27, but it's really like 34 20 with like a minute left. And they just, you know, they get some garbage time touchdown. I have, as someone who's followed the Chiefs my whole life, I have gone through every plausible scenario of how I think they could lose this game. It really comes down to this the Chiefs would have to play like crap. If they don't play crap, they're winning the game. I, I, I mean, they're better than the Texans on special teams and coaching, defense, offense. The Texans, you mentioned the stat earlier, Jeff, about yards per play mattering. The Texans are the worst defense in the league yards per play. And they play in a division where the Colts have no offense. The Jaguars have no offense. So that's a quarter of their schedule, and they're the worst team in the league against that. So, I look, the Chiefs this year have been odd offensively. They're still very good. but And we've talked about this, Jeff. You've talked about it a lot. They go through stretches where they don't score points. Yeah, The couple of times where that hasn't happened is when they – week one – and off of a bye. They have yeah. come out in those two scenarios and scored a million points in both games, over 40 points a game. I think the Chiefs will go berserk in this game because the first time they played him, they didn't have Watkins, they didn't have Fisher. Hill's first game back, he played like 25 snaps in the game. Defensively, they didn't have Chris Jones or Anthony Hitchens, and Frank Clark was dealing with a pinched nerve in his neck. He's playing with one arm. Yeah. I would expect the Chiefs to win handily in this game. I do not think they'll be challenged. The only thing I don't think, be a wimp, then take them to cover, Verter. I think it'll be a backdoor cover because I think the Texans will score a few, some points. But I just think ultimately, here, here's what it comes down to. For me, they are not stopping Mahomes. And if, if at any point in this time in, in this game the Chiefs have to score, Mahomes is taking them right down the field. 
And that, to me, is the game. Let's wrap up Seahawks and Packers. And I love Seattle in this game. On the road, Russell Wilson controlling it, making big throws. Uh, DK Metcalf was just... DeCalf Metcalf? Just an... I love him. I mean, how do you not love that guy? Nine receivers taken ahead of him in the draft, and he he rolls up 160 yards and walks right down the field for the big play to seal it for the Seahawks. I, I think... I think Seattle's got a great chance here. Packers are a four-point favorite. More money is being bet on Seattle, so maybe I'm a sucker here. Uh, the number is 46. Where are you at here, Jeff? Uh, this is interesting. So, you know, the Packers, I think, have had a positive DVOA in like 13 of their 16 games this year. I mean, they've played well. And so a buddy of mine uh, who's kind of refreshed me with this all year, and it's true, um, the Packers are boring, right? Well, boring is typically good in the NFL. Boring is successful in the NFL. Now, obviously, you have to judge every situation as is. You can't just say boring because the Patriots have done it for 20 years is the way the Packers are doing it. And I think that Packers fans are hopeful we'll get the good Aaron Rodgers. Um, But they've had a lot of warts this year, right? And so um, I'm leaning Seahawks plus four. Number three just makes enough plays. I I, I don't know how to explain it. The Seahawks aren't very good either. All right, their offensive line is beat up. They have no running backs. I think, I think Wilson accounted for like 95% of that offense. But you have a guy like DK Metcalf who can just run faster than everyone else. That helps you gain a lot of yards. Um, and Seahawks' offensive line played pretty well this weekend. Now they get the Smith brothers. Uh, it's LaFleur's first time calling plays in a playoff game like this. So I think the Seahawks plus four is probably how it'll go. This is the one game I don't have a strong conviction of. The other three I feel good about, which is good or bad. I was 0-4 in making picks straight up last weekend. So um, nice we'll, uh, we'll see. This weekend's got to go better. It has to go better. So it can't, it can't, it can't go worse. Uh, you were probably feeling real good, too, when the Bills were up 16 nothing, and then the Josh Allen experience kicked in. Like, well, I, gambling, I was, I was 0-2-1 at least. Um, and the Saints <laughs> root teaser. But um, I mean, I at least I at least pushed with the Bills plus three. I'll take that. I uh, by the way, and I, I do not gamble. I, I did it occasionally in college. I don't anymore. That's, I was I was four and zero with my against the spread picks, two and two straight up, four and zero against the spread. Uh, I will I will take Seattle to cover Green Bay to win close, and here's why. Look, I agree. Wilson's the reason I think they'll cover because he's just never out of the game with him. He'll find a way to keep the game close. Uh, they barely beat Josh McCown uh, in Philly. I mean, Philadelphia was basically starting 11 guys out of the stands. And, and Seattle was, like, making stands at the end of the game to win. Don't go at my guy McCown. He played well. He, he, he actually was, did. He was fine. He was yeah. fine. I'm just saying, like, my guy, like, you can't pull away from that team. Not great going into Lambeau. Fair point. Um, the, the weather also up in Green Bay is pretty mild. Yeah, I believe it's, like, 30 degrees for that game, which is it's great if you're a Seattle going into the game. But I, I just think, look, the Packers are – not as good as that record indicates, but they're almost undervalued at this point. So now we face the age-old question. Is the pack back or are they whack? I say they're back in this game. Well, okay, we're back. Him. Pack and is I, back. I, like I, it. Think, I think they find a way to win close, and then I think it is ungood for them if they have to go to San Francisco. It's time for in or out. All right, let's wrap up, team. Well, not quite wrap up, but we move on to in or out. In or out. Uh, we start with Jadavian Clowney and whether or not he should have been penalized for his hit on Carson Wentz. Jeff Schwartz, should Clowney, are you in or out that he should have been penalized for his hit on Wentz? I don't know. Look, here's the deal, guys. <laughs> Football is played, believe it or not, in full speed. Okay? So if you're an official, 
you're watching that play. I could see where you think Clowney hit him with the shoulder first, which he kind of did. I could see where you say, you know what? We're going to let that go. When you watch it in slow motion from a low angle, you're like, yeah, well, it's kind of dirty. So I'm pretty much okay with what happened, which is the refs didn't think it was dirty, and they moved on. The reason we're talking about it, of course, is Carson Wentz unfortunately got, got a concussion, and that's terrible, and I'm sorry he would miss the rest of the game. I thought the Eagles still played um, you know, as good as they could with all the injuries they had, but um, I'm, I'm pretty much okay with it. I'm, I'm really – if you thought I was passionate about what I said about the Ravens, I am really over the whining on social media over NFL officiating. There were 508 plays this weekend, and we're whining about two of them only, and we're acting like – the officiating is the worst and it's the ruining the sport. I'm just, I'm t- guys, I'm tired of it. You should come out there and watch a game from the sidelines and watch the speed of the game and tell me how perfect you're going to call a game. There's going to be errors made. Do I think an error was made here? Yeah. In slow motion, you have the benefit of the doubt four hours later, watch on my phone. Sure. Look at that penalty in real time. It doesn't. And I'm fine with it not being called on real time. Let me bottom line that one for you. You're out, man. You are 100% out. Football is a fast game. It's physical. I'm out. He shouldn't have been penalized. That's what I think you just said, by the way. In a, in yes. A, you're, you're straight out. I, I mean, Matt, or where are you? Uh, out. I, I have no problem with the hit. I don't, I, I, I'm with Jeff in the sense, you know, we, we see everything in slow-mo 300 times, and people want to see it the way they want to see it. It wasn't a dirty hit. Wentz ran, Clowney dove at him, he hit him in the back of the head. I don't he think he slid, meant to. Right? I, I mean, I, yeah, and look, he was running. He, 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 at that point, he's a runner. You can hit a, first of all, you can hit a guy helmet to helmet as a runner. Second of all, I don't think he was trying to hit him helmet to helmet. I think he was just diving at him, and he happened to hit him in the head. I, I don't have a problem with it. It sucks that Wentz got hurt. It sucks he had to go out of the game, okay? And by the way, the only thing worse than NFL officiating Twitter is, is is Twitter where people are like, well, he's soft because he got hit in the head and had a concussion. Yeah, we're, not, we're, I mean, we're not. We're not. We're not. There's no need to discuss that. That guy, he's wrong. I mean, that is the dumbest it's, take I've ever seen, not, and that's really saying something on Twitter. It's very stupid. Like, dude got a concussion. <laughs> like, well, right, it, but it, it also like to try to like parse it down to you can't rely on Carson Wentz. He's injury prone. It's one thing if he's rolling out and he blows out his hamstring, okay, or he, or he, or is he's having constant knee trouble. Right. A, guy, a guy who gets yep. hit in the head has a concussion. That doesn't make him injury prone. That's really moronic. I, I do think there is a discussion to be had about him needing to protect himself better. Sure. You see a lot of quarterbacks yes. in that situation throw the ball on the ground, and I, I was arguing with Dan Orlovsky about this, and I, I put a facetious photo up of, like, I outlined the entire link. It was like you could throw the ball anywhere – but, I mean, there were, there were two defenders right there. I think most quarterbacks that are not Lamar Jackson are just sliding or throwing away. It does feel like that part of his game, not leading him to be injury prone, but something he has to figure out. Like, look, I got to know every play where my out is. Well, you could you could say, I think it's a very fair take, by the way, Jeff, that you could say the dude's injury prone because he plays like an idiot. And, and multiple times he's done this throughout his career where he's got himself hurt where he didn't have to. So yeah, and, I think and, that's and, a fair take. And, but it doesn't mean he's injury prone. Look, I was injured too all the time. I hate that tag. It eventually does become who you are, though. Look, if you continue to get injured, it doesn't mean you're soft or your body's not ready for the NFL. I mean, I had guys fall on my leg. It broke. Like, it's going to happen, right? But, like, it, that's who my tag became. I became the injured guy. And Carson Wentz now has been injured three times in fairly important situations. Not his fault, right? I mean, look, he tore an ACL trying to score a touchdown. I'm fine with that. 
You got concussed here on a hit people thought was dirty. Okay, it happens. But eventually that does become who you are. Yeah, and the injury, like the whole soft thing, like Kyle Long just retired this weekend on Twitter. That guy was a freaking beast. And <laughs> that was out of nowhere, wasn't it? That was, I, I texted my yeah. buddy and was like, did, did Kyle like just retire? What, like, what, what, what happened here? Well, it was like just, he was just tweeting about the game. All of a sudden, well, he's been done. So I, I wish him the best of luck, man. I, yeah. Former Oregon Duck, he's a good dude. I hope he can uh, he can get what he needs in retirement. Let, let's let, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, Kyle Rudolph team should have been called for a pass interference in or out. Matt Verderam, Kyle we're, Rudolph. We already touched on this. Uh, out, out, out. Come on, give double me a out, break. Double out. Yeah, we don't even need out, to go into this. Look, you know what? Come on, give me a break. By the way, the defender, turn your head around. Maybe try that. I one hundred percent. That ball is in I the mean, air for shut up. Shut up and turn your head hours. around. I mean, Rudolph's going up with two hands. He's looking at the ball. I mean, Jesus, like play the ball. You know what? By the way, anyone who's ever watched football at any like length of time, the second Minnesota lined up the way they did, you knew he was running a fade. It was clear as day the way they were aligned. He was running a fade. And then when he broke to the outside, what other route could he possibly be running? Yeah. I mean, there's no other route. What is he running? A comebacker? Like, you know he's running a fade, and he never turns. So, it's on them. You're out too, Jeff, obviously? Out, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's go to Tua Tag Tag Oviola. Jesus. Tago Vailoa. What is it? Tago Vailoa. Tua Tago Vailoa. Tago Vailoa. I, I, I need to work or just I need to work on my Tago Vailoas. I, I've been around many Polynesians. It takes a couple – it takes a little bit of time to get those – those names down. Tua Tonga-Vailoa. He was very impressive today. His press conference. Yeah, and, and it's a bad job by me because I've done a million Tua Tonga-Vailoas and just, 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 just bumped it there. All right, but hey, here it is. In or out. Tua is a top five pick coming out of the draft this year. Jeff. You know, I, I thought when he got hurt, this was not going to be the case. I was going to be out on this, but I'm in. He's going to be a top five pick. Um, someone will go up and get him and – it's a great situation for him because let's say the Dolphins, for example, who kind of everyone assumes will take him. You know, there's a great situation where he can spend the first half of the season rehabbing his hip. There's no rush to get him back. He'd be on PUP, let Ryan Fitzpatrick do his crazy magic, and then let Tua come in on a retooled team right. and get, you know, get paid his first year to basically rehab, which he would have maybe had to do at Alabama. So good decision by him. Uh, it's hard to pass up on that talent, I think. I don't know how great he'll be as a pro. Um, but the talent is definitely there. He seems very mature, and I like his attitude. I like the way he plays, um, and I think that he'll be a top five pick. He also throws a beautiful ball. I love the spiral coming out of the lefty there. It just it looks it, it's picturesque, Matt Verderam. In or yes. out? Uh, I'm in. Look, I in the last few days I've reached out to some people around the league, some scouts, a few personnel people, and just asked like, what do you think? With Tua, my first question was, do you think he would declare? I didn't get one person who said no. Everybody said, look, he has to. If he gets, if he goes back and gets hurt again, it's a train wreck. So he, he did come out as expected. Um, everybody says, look, as long as the hip looks good, then yeah, he should be a really high pick. So as long as his, his injury recovery is going well, I think he goes top five. Look, we know quarterbacks go up the board anyway. He was expected to be the number one overall pick coming into this year, far and away. Burrow is going to have that now, it seems. But the, to me, here's here's the bigger story that kind of gets buried. So it's, everybody feels like it's going to be Burrow and Chase Young at the top. I, I think Burrow is a slam dunk. He's going to the Bengals. If you're the Redskins, and let's say it's the Dolphins, they have three first-round picks. They call you up, and they offer you a bounty to get up to that spot. 
Uh, here, no, but we both know how this stuff happens. Like the Dolphins or the Chargers, whoever move up, they get that pick. All of a sudden, you're the Lions. You you fell into Chase Young at three. Like the Lions are the big winners today in the sense that Tua declaring, I bet you if he's healthy, he goes number two. I think Chase Young is that good that Washington needs to get some sort of crazy-ass package for him because he, he really is that good of a player. He's great. You know that's, that's the second or third most valuable position on a team, and I think it'd be hard for Washington to pass up drafting him at if two. If you're Washington and Miami offers you five and whatever the Steelers pick is, I'm, I'm ballparking 18, something like that, and then like a third, you wouldn't do it? Um. And maybe you get the corner I, out of I, Ohio State I, and something yeah, else. Yeah, I guess it depends on, on who's – I honestly – dude, I, I have not been mock drafting. I don't know after one, two, and three who's going to be drafted. i got to look at Ed Moore and see who that, that pick would be. I, I don't have a great answer for you right now. I, I, I would lean toward keeping the, the, the slot, but I could see where you'd move back. Let's move on, team. The, the Ravens and 49ers now have easier paths to the Super Bowl with uh, the – way that wildcard weekend shook out the Ravens and 49ers now have an easier path uh, you could you could go either way on that 49ers getting the Vikings and the Ravens getting the Titans I would think the answers is ye- are yes but uh, we'll see where you go in or out Matt Verderam I'm, ha- I'm I'm half in half out I think the Niners have the easier slate now because I think the Vikings are a hell of a lot easier than the Saints even though the Vikings beat the Saints uh, and, and I think the Vikings have a shot in the game, but I think the Saints might have gone there flat out, uh, beaten them in the NFC title game if they got in there. Now they're not there. You also were lined up. You would have got Seattle this weekend, and now you may not see Seattle at all. You might get the Vikings and the Packers. I think if you're the Niners, not that either one of those teams were easy marks, but you should win those games at home. You're the better team. So I think you're a Niners fan. You're thrilled. The Ravens, I actually think, might have gotten a little bit of a harder path. Look, I still think they're going to see the Chiefs in the AFC title game. But I think the Titans are a harder matchup for them than the Bills or the Texans. Not that I think they should lose to any of those teams. I don't think they should. But I think the Titans of those three teams right now are playing the best. There's no way in hell Josh Allen was going in there and winning that game. And and Houston, we already saw that song. Watson looked horrified against that blitz. So uh, I think it's a little harder for the Ravens. Um, I, I think it's easier for the Niners. I think that... Anytime you can avoid the Patriots in the playoffs, no matter how good or bad they are, that's a win for you. I mean, we're all kind of rolling toward, um, you know, the the idea of the Ravens and Chiefs in the in the in the conference championship game. For the Niners, I, again, I mean, I think that it's just because the Saints see the Saints have to go through the the Packers. So I think they were. I think it's neutral. I think both Ravens and Niners are kind of still where they should be um, because the one and two seats are still alive in both conferences. Obviously, let's do the Titans here, guys. Should they pay Derrick Henry big bucks in the offseason? I think this is an easy in, but running backs do get undervalued. This might be a case where they might be overvalued if you're paying Derrick Henry market value. Titans should pay Derrick Henry big bucks in or out. Jeff Schwartz. When's the last time a team paid a running back a lot of money and they got value out of it? It's a good question. Yeah, I actually go. I think it's an easy out. Like I'd tag him. They're going to pay him, but they should not. I would, I would, I would try to sign Tannehill to like a two-year deal, and I would just tag Henry. There is no way I'm signing him to like a five-year contract. That's ludicrous. The guy has a million carries on him between high school and college and the pros. He's terrific, but I wouldn't sign him long-term. I wouldn't sign any back long-term. 
he just has so much value in Tennessee, though, with their quarterback, and, and he's making Ryan Tannehill all of a sudden look good. I mean, he just won you a playoff game. Obviously, your offensive line contributed, but, I mean, this guy's got some value here, Jeff. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, but again, like, I just, 14 points, man, in a playoff game on the okay. road. Okay, fair enough. The Saints have a better outlook than the Patriots in 2020, in or out, Verderam? Uh, in. I think the Saints are in a much better position than the Pats are right now for all the reasons we outlined before. Jeff? Um, I mean, currently speaking right now, yes, because Tom Brady's a free agent, but I don't know. How, I mean, I don't know how you trust the Saints anymore in the playoffs. Um, you know, they have the benefit of playing in the Dome, obviously, that helps Drew Brees out. But um, and I do think that Brees, that six weeks off this year, helped his arm throughout the season. We saw Brady get older the season went forward. I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I think the Saints are probably better now. I think we, we could revisit this about the middle of March. Time to look forward to our favorite upcoming matchups. All right, team. Let's wrap up with looking forward. You, you The dance floor is for both of you. What are you looking forward to watching this, season, uh, this weekend? I'm looking forward to seeing Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes tee it up in Kansas City, for Chicago to have a meltdown, for everybody to be crawling under a table because they took that Mitchell Trubisky character as a Bears fan. I'm just looking forward to the, for the Twitter <laughs> meltdowns left and right. Trubisky was trending on Saturday when Deshaun Watson went nuts late. That was fantastic. Uh, but the dance floor is for you, and we'll start with you, Matt Verderham. What are you looking forward to this weekend, you Kansas City Chiefs fan, you? Two things. I think it's the best weekend in football. I love this weekend. you got all the best teams going. And it's all for the right to get the AFC and NFC championship games. Uh, I, I love it. I can't wait. I'm also excited that ESPN is not having the rights in these games because I can't take Booker anymore. Just can't do it. Uh, between Joe Morris being called the New York Jets legend and then backing that up by saying that the Bills should run on third and then spike it on fourth, I, I just, I'm sorry. Booker seems like a great guy. Seems like the kind of dude I'd love to hang out have a beer with. But, like, I, but my God, and, and not the Tessator is really helping him out either, but good Lord, thank God it's CBS, NBC, and Fox this weekend. Um, I mean, I think for me, obviously, as a Chiefs fan first, you know, just is the offense going to have a four-quarter game? Because I do think that the tightness of the arrowhead will come in if the Chiefs struggle at any point. You'll start kind of getting that feeling of like, oh, God, here we go. Even though I think last year erased some of those demons of, of home playoff games, uh, that to me. And then I think, you know, We'll, we'll learn a lot about the Ravens right away, I think. I think if they come out first two drives, three drives, and put up 17, 21 points, they're going to be hard for anyone to beat, anyone to beat. And that's the thing about the Ravens is that the only thing they're lacking right now, and the Niners as well mostly for the most part, is playoff experience in the players, right? Harbaugh has it. The coaches have it. Greg Roman definitely has it. The players don't really. Yanda and, and Earl Thomas about it. So in that environment – how are they going to do? If they come out fast. They immediately bump to the top of, of easily my AFC favorite. Jeff Schwartz, you got to go pick up your child, just so you yes. know. Two, two children. Two children. Okay. Yes. Two my, my bad. Double, double action. Hey, right. subscribe to Stack in the Box. We come out uh, now. We're working on Mondays here as the playoffs are here. So thank you so much. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Matt Verderham, you got anything you want to say to the fine people that listen to this podcast? Thank you for listening, despite your better judgment. We, we do appreciate you. Uh, hey, enjoy the divisional round. It's going to be awesome. Great to be with you today. And now I'm going to go 
and hope that things go smoothly for me in the next couple of hours. <laughs> you have porcelain poisoning. Fingers are crossed that I will be with you guys next week. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. If I'm not, it was great working with you, and thank you so much for your support in this 2019 NFL season. Have a great, have a great, great rest of your life. We'll see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.